Music provided by Armstrong. Visit armstrongofficial.com to hear more badass music. Welcome to the TriCast Gaming Podcast. Greetings and welcome everyone to episode number 115, 115 episodes of the TriCast Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Philip Grimlockini, and I'm joined tonight by Mike Roguevox Martinez. Mike, say hi. 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 And also Jason Neons Andrews. Jason, please say hi. I, did you just butcher my name? No, I, yes, I almost said Mike. Whatever. Say hi. I asked you to say hi, not ask if I can't talk. Hi. Very good. How are y'all doing tonight? I'm a little, I'm a little gassy. <laughs> I think I'm always gassy. Yeah. Yeah, like I just, I went to the restroom earlier and just constant farts the whole time I was standing there. You, you two are just old. That's why. <laughs> I remember when I was, uh, I don't know, mid twenties or whatever, and you and you were telling me like, I, I distinctly remember this conversation with Mike, where he's like, "Just wait till you get to 30. and then suddenly the farts just they don't they don't smell the same anymore. They're just they're awful. They and, are. Uh, <laughs> too, too, right, too right, you are. Um, Yes. Uh, it's a true story. It's, Neither um, one of you were going to like jump in or fight off that I'm older than both of you. I, dude, I <laughs> didn't have you to. Because you're both old like, and you don't even care? Well, it's, yeah. I don't care. Dude. Listen, I, like, we, I've been called old so many times. I don't even care anymore. Okay. We also know that you suffer from these same problems, Jason. <laughs> yes. No, I don't. You can, per- you can, try, to, you can try to feel young, but we, we both know that that's it's not happening. Forever young. I, dude, I had to go to physical therapy for my back I this past week, and they young. wanted to work my hamstrings and my glutes. Oh yeah, sure, <laughs> sure you did. It was for medical reasons, quote unquote. Did you let the <laughs> physiotherapist work on your glutes? It wasn't a choice. He was like, "All right, this is what we're doing," and then he like he like had to stretch my uh, leg to like get like to uh, stretch my hamstring. And uh, he was like sitting between my legs, like his hip was like inches from my crotch. Yeah, I was laying on a bed. And my- anyway, so he did those stretches. He was like, all right, we're going to work your glutes and your hamstrings. And the first thing was like, are you going to like squat and walk side to side with this medicine man, medicine band around your knees and all that shit? Well, when I was walking back to the car, dude, like I had to go down a flight of stairs, and then my car was like a parked like half a block away dude and I was getting cramps in my ass cheeks <laughs> and like if you were to like look at me from like distance you'll see me like walking and like wincing in pain like somebody's stabbing me in my ass as I'm walking to my car like every few steps like I would get a cramp <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> wonderful so yeah. don't go to the physiotherapist that's what I'm hearing I, I'd rather not but I try to fix my back because I'm old <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand. The, fixing the back has got to be important, you know. That's a that's a good thing for sure. Yeah, I never want to be in that pain ever again. Yeah. Well, Jason, what about you? What have you you've done any glute working this week? You gotta- <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I'll, I'll travel this week. I uh, was uh, up in you know upper. Uh, uh, upstate New York and New Jersey all this last week. So went and got to go see uh, the oldest uh, horse racing track in America. And, um, but 
like 90% work, 99% work. I drove by it. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, you're, you're, uh, you're traveling and working. That's, uh, that's going to be yeah. fun for you for the next. Yeah. Uh, I've told my, yeah. So I travel, I've told you all this, but I travel, um, every week for the rest of the year, except for Thanksgiving and Christmas, those two weeks. Other than that, every single, uh, week for the rest of the year, I'm doing something. Gonna get some frequent flyer miles. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm already there. I'm already there. Colorado? No, I I will be going to like all over the country except where I live. Yeah, that's like all of my friends will travel around the goddamn state of Colorado, but God forbid somebody travels through the goddamn state. It's almost like they avoid it. I know. I was in Colorado this week for like a total (gasps) of. Four hours. You're like in the top corner, right? Like the top northwest corner. No, I, I flew into Denver and I got <laughs> out of the plane and I got some dinner and then I got back into another plane and flew out of Denver. Oh, you never okay. left the airport. <laughs> you didn't leave. You, you were technically count. not in a cal- if, You were not yeah. in Colorado. If we started counting the cities I was that on I the land ground on in the airport in I mean, Colorado. Yeah, that's hilarious. What's yeah, funny is like that that airport is nowhere near Denver. Like it's miles outside of the city. Really? Yeah, yeah it's I nowhere have no near near yeah, Denver. It really I had a is friend, a long way out. I had a friend fly in from Dallas, and she was like, "Oh, let's go drive around downtown." I'm like, "No, we're not. We're not in Denver. <laughs> we're like out in the middle of the country." It's like when we left the airport, and like it's just fields everywhere, and like yeah. off in like miles, and we could see the skyline of Denver. But yep. yeah, it's nowhere near. They built that thing way out there. <laughs> yeah, probably on purpose. But uh, yeah, no. I, so I uh, I was in Montana uh, this past week. Uh, Sarah and I were celebrating ten years married, and we went um, to Glacier National Park, which is in very northwest Montana. Uh, part of the park is actually even in Canada. So um, that's where we were. I've never been up to Montana before. It's the first time. Um, very at least western montana is very pretty um that's where far cry 5 is based out of that is correct yes you're you are correct uh far cry 5 is supposed to be a sort of fictional montana fictional county so i i now i'm I'm gonna squirrel on you and jump right back um you know there's like a ton of conspiracy theories behind the denver airport because yeah that uh that horse actually did you see that horse Oh, well, yeah. There's, first off, there's the horse, but there's a whole yeah. other set of things, too, which the horse has got its whole glowing eyes mm-hmm. and the whole thing. But the Denver airport was built to be this, like, futuristic, like, the, like, um, an international, like, spaceport. And there's, like, all these levels underground that are, like, owned by this, like, private company and, like, no one sees. So, like, that's a big reason why it's out there and it's, like, really deep and... Like there's all these levels that no one has access to that are underneath. And so there's all these conspiracy theories about the Denver airport. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was in there, there was definitely like you walk and you look down and there's like a train down there. And I just assumed that there was, you know, that they kind of had a sub, you know, train. Yeah. There's a, type thing. like a bunch of levels built down. I don't know exacts of it um, on how deep or whatever, but there's a, like this whole like international Base station level like thing that it was supposed to be built for. I, I don't know I'm, the exacts of it. I'm looking at pictures As of the outside that built it. the The whole TP thing going on yeah. on the outside is a bit weird. It is. It's supposed to represent the Rocky Mountain 
It doesn't. It doesn't looks <laughs> for, well, that architect should not get paid for that one. I'm, it does I'm not. Just, <laughs> it does not represent that. It literally looks like teepees. It, it looks it like, not a, look like it looks like the massive teepee city of long lost whatever. Um, yeah, it does not. What's the horse thing? So I'm seeing this blue horse the statue. Uh, the uh, designer of that horse was killed by the sculpture. Yes, that is true, too. It, it landed on him. It fell and landed on him and killed him. Yep. Wow. What a way to go, I guess. Killed um, by your And it's got those, like, glowing eyes. And it glows red. Cool. It looks evil as shit. Yeah, it does. Night. It does. They're supposed to be orange, but they look red. They, they're red. Because it's supposed to be the blue and orange, like, uh, the Bronco Broncos colors. colors. <laughs> it's just red glowing eyes. And there's all sorts of stories of people feeling, you know, certain ways when they go past it and et cetera. I think that's people's minds playing tricks with them. Yep. Apparently, though, it has been ranked the second best airport in America. I no. I, I don't gonna, know how. No. I, I've been in a lot of airports and I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm not sure how or what the judge, uh, you know, what the judgment scale was for this. But uh, there's an DFW article still here. number one for me, by the way. It's fantastic. DFW? Oh, yeah. It's like the number one worst airport. No, DFW is fantastic because it's a huge airport that feels like a small airport because it's so many terminals and every single terminal has its own baggage claim and its own security. And it feels mm. like every single time oh, you're flying awesome. in or out, it feels like you're flying out of Lubbock. Like That's awesome. Because it's not like you're going to one you know, security that heads out to the whole airport like it does with like 90% of the other airports. When you go to baggage claim, you're going to like your your little spot that has two little baggage claims. I mean, it just feels like you're arriving and leaving from Lubbock always. Like I love DFW. Uh, once you're in, you have to like you know take all the trams and this and that. I just love the whole you know arrival departure from DFW is amazing. Yeah, I can see that. I fly out of DFW a lot, and yeah, you you are correct in that in that sense. But there's still a lot of people in dfw so. no for sure i mean but you're talking to someone who now my main airport is the busiest airport in the world um in you know atlanta and mm-hmm. the entire airport is one baggage claim is one um security is one tram system that feeds the whole it's like no matter what it's like go through security get on this giant escalator where everyone else is on at, at all times you feel like cattle you're just move in line with this entire freaking and don't be wrong they move people through it it's just not pleasant either yeah it's been yeah you're right you're right you're absolutely right it's been a long time since i flew through atlanta um you're you're right. Maybe I'm a little spoiled with DFW. Maybe I maybe I am. All right. Well, let's get into some nerd shit because that's what this podcast is all about. And before we get into some video games, um, I wanted to talk about some nerd shows um, that I've been watching. Uh, so, Mike, I'll start with you because I know Jason hasn't uh, hasn't watched it. But Cyberpunk Edge Runners, um, I've watched all of it, whole thing, all ten episodes. I have some thoughts, but I, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious your take. Okay, let's so try to keep it. Let's try to quick. keep it spoiler free. Right. Um, okay, so spoiler free. I just want to know, like, so I looked at it actually today and thought about turning it on, but my kids were still up and about, more like Don't running around. It. Don't, yeah, head. do and not. I, and I saw that it said TVMA, and I was like, mm. yeah, no, there's lots of it. blood and okay. violence and okay. anime titties. 
a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. A lot of them. Well, then I'll be watching that immediately. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, go ahead. Describe in detail about the show now, please. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not normally a fan of anime, but I like cyberpunk more than I hate anime. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I was actually able to kind of get through it. It didn't feel yeah, like I don't anime do anime at all. Yeah, yeah I, the reason I can't do anime is because like the dubs are weird, and I don't like the subtitle having to do like the yeah. read the subtitles and shit like that. Yeah. So it's hard for me to really get into into it. But this in this case, it was just an American anime, which was easy to watch for me. The story was good. I got like it really pulled me into uh, that universe, and it made me want to play again. Like I I started a new character in Cyberpunk just because of this show. But I will probably start playing after I finish buying all the cars on my main. My okay, main so what? Uh, how, how would you compare it to Arcane? Arcane is better, in my opinion. But Arcane is better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this I isn't this isn't far behind it, though. Mm-hmm. It, and and if you're worried about the anime thing, like the, uh, I really didn't. It didn't feel like an anime to me. Like. Mm-hmm. Like feels, you said, it feels sort of like arcane. I mean, as far as just like a cartoon about the yeah. career. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think there's a different vibe. I mean, I, I believe that arcane is an animated show about the video game. Whereas okay. edge runners is an anime of the video game. Okay. There's okay. A, a little bit different, but it's not like full on, like, super weird shouty dialogue you know with the kind of poor tropey you know type stuff that they do in a lot of animes if you know what i'm saying like it's definitely um and it's voice they they have a full english voice cast so there's a full japanese voice cast and you can watch it in japanese with english subtitles but if you watch it in english it's not dubbed english they have a full english cast um so, like, I was shocked when, you know, when Faraday's character comes into the show, um, and that's Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, Mike. but the, Yeah, the, I did. But his voice is very distinct. Yeah, yes. for sure. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's got, it's got a, a full English voice cast. Uh, you can watch it in English, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's well done for, mm-hmm. in that way. It's a um, pretty good story. So, yeah, Mike, you, you thought the story was good overall? Yeah, it was pretty good. It pretty self can pretty self contained story, right? Like I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't see like a. It didn't feel like there was like a leading into a season two or something like that. This felt no, like no, no. A, it just felt like they wrapped everything up and that was it. Yeah. So if they want to do a second season, I don't know, like they may bring in new characters because, like in Cyberpunk world, like you're not meant to really survive. Like you, a lot of people die in these types of settings, like in a Cyberpunk universe. So uh, who knows? Like if they do a season two, it might be a whole different crew with a whole new story. Right. Yeah, for sure. What did you think of the uh, Rebecca character? Did did that not feel like an arcane character? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, she reminded me of uh, what's her name? Jinx. Yep. Jinx. Yeah. I was like, this just feels like a anime version of Jinx. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't get over that. She just fucking crazy <laughs> she was entertaining though it was fun to watch yeah i mean her voice even was like not that far off of like the voice mm. actress that did jinx you know no, it, 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 kind of, it has a uh, harley quinn 
She had a Harley Quinn vibe to her as well. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I guess that is the original Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of, like, the art style and stuff? Did it did it draw you in? Did it do cyberpunk justice? Or Yeah, I kind of like how they did the, uh, the quick movements. Uh, they displayed that very well. Um, they use the, I like the way they use the anime uh, uh, what do you, the graphics, I guess. How they do shit in anime style is essentially it. I like how right. they did that with your with the uh, quick hack abilities and uh, just your, uh, what is it, the cybernetic stuff and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I thought they did a good job of, of trying to show something that normally would be relatively difficult for you to actually see, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. You know, like For you sure. said, the quick hacking and, and some of the, the cyberware stuff that they would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was cool how they did the, the San Devastan movement, um, mm-hmm. how they portrayed that. That was really neat. Yeah. I mean, certainly it's a lot of sort of stop motion, what is mm-hmm. it, stop motion, you know, uh, very right. framed type right. scenes type thing. Um, but yeah, I thought the art, art style was really cool. Uh, definitely felt like the, the cyber... Yeah. Cyberpunk right. Five and, and had a really good soundtrack too, for sure. Oh yeah, this, I have the soundtrack saved on my Spotify playlist. Um, but yeah, this is why I kind of like enjoy. I'm kind of glad they didn't do a live action because you would kind of lose a bunch of that good animation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would look really cool with live action, but I think you wouldn't. Ha- you would it just be so expensive, and you would. I think you would lose a lot of quality if you're just putting a bunch of it into the the animations. So, like, here the, you get more room to, like, tell a story and, um, yeah, all that. So, this isn't a case where I really like animation. Yeah, I feel like this is just another win in the column of video games adapted into animated shows mm-hmm. just seems to really work. I mean, we had Arcane, which was really good. Mm-hmm. We've had... Um, you know, we've had this Edge Runners now that that's that's really good. Um, there's been a couple other examples like the Castlevania series right. is phenomenal on Netflix, another animated show. So I think just kind of another win in the column of you know animated shows and and video games seem to really coexist really well because <clears throat> you know I think there's a lot of gamey stuff that you do in video games that is yeah. hard to translate into a live action setting. Correct and. Uh, and, and so, like, does I haven't watched the? Have any of y'all watched The Witcher? I have, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. what is that? How does that translate from game to TV show? Like, do you I lose a lot? really well? No, I thought really yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the one of the rare examples I think of of live action done really well. Trans- yep. you know, I think translating it's really good. Like, I, I've not read the books, and like playing the game and then watching the show, I just felt like the whole time, like, oh yeah, this nails it. This is perfect. I mean, like it felt like I was like, it was literally a video game version of, or a movie version of the, the game. Like I loved it. It was great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Witcher, and, I, Witcher and I've is only played Witcher sure. three and mm-hmm. it felt like, okay, this is like a Witcher three, even almost like, I mean a little bit like, it's like, okay, right. it's like a little bit of a prequel, but I kind of feel the same things happening. And I'm just like, oh, this is fantastic. So right. I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I highly recommend the Witcher TV series to anybody, same, same. Even whether you've played the game or not. I think I think it stands on its own really well. It's it's a good show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's another it's another win, but it's it's a rare win I think for the live action setting. Yeah. So um, 
but I see like whenever I see playthroughs of The Witcher, because like The Witcher doesn't really have he's just mainly a brute force like style, like where it's physical fighting, right? There's not a no, lot he of has, spells. He has, yeah, no, he has magical abilities. Okay. Um, you know his uh, what do they call it? The the signs that he has. Um, oh, I'm geez. forgetting the name of yeah, it. Yeah, I, um, I can't remember what it's called either. Um, but it's been too long since I played the game or watched the show. Um, yeah, so like he has he has abilities, uh, magical type abilities, and then right. also they have these potions that they can like take elixirs. That, yeah, so he'll yeah. like take elixirs that like do certain things for him. Like there's different ones, but the main one essentially just like intensifies his uh, his abilities and. Uh, mm-hmm. makes it where he can like almost like slow down time and he can see better and he's a little stronger with his uh, spells and things like that. Right. So, but main thing is like whenever he's using his spells, is there like a lot of animation shit going on or is it pretty basic? Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. basic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, but think I think that's easier to translate in live action. Do it. If you're like, if it's like that as mm-hmm. as opposed to like cyberpunk, I'm like whenever you like quick hack, you have to like, you're, actually have this screen in front of you and you have to like do these choices and in edge runners like you can see that happening really quick in front of that i forget that that girl's name the main one of the main girls but you can see it happening in front of her face and it, it just looks, that's it yeah yeah that's just it's just the way they did that is pretty cool and i don't know like in the witcher if like that's the same thing where it's just a basic looking ability. No, it's almost like he just like takes his hands and almost makes like a triangle and like shovels okay. forward and you kind of see like a, right. like, like a gust or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. he, you know, there's certain things right. that he's doing. It, it's kind of how it kind of really happens. Okay. He, may, yeah, he puts so, his hands in a certain way and like maybe says something and like mm-hmm. throws his hands forward or whatever. And, and that, and something kind of happens a right, flash right. of light or a gust of wind <clears> or something like that, you know, got you. Yeah, so they, I guess they do call them signs. I guess I was signs. right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that, and there are five signs in the game. There's Ard, Igni, Irdin, yeah. Quinn, and Axie are the five different signs, and they do different things. Like Ard is a blast of telekinetic energy that staggers opponents. So, like, like Jason said, he'll, you know, he'll make a shape with his hands, and and you'll see, you know, whether it's like. Shock waves coming out of the hands or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, and okay. yeah. So, I think it translates okay. And of course, there are magicians as well in in The Witcher, like Yennefer mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and um, wizards and, and, and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And when they do that, it's very like Lord of the Rings ish or yeah, whatever. They're like right? they're like chanting out like almost um you know like like something they read out of a book kind of thing which they do right. study books and i mean it's very much your standard you're almost a little bit of a run-of-the-mill you know wizard from a D or something you know? right got you yeah all right well i think jason if you end up watching edge runners uh then we can talk about it in more detail on a future show but for now i say especially if you're a cyberpunk fan uh, you need to give Edge Runners a shot because I think it's really well done. I think it does the universe pretty pretty good justice, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the story is is good. I mean, it's a good cyberpunk story at least uh, yep. for sure. So, all right, um, we can kind of touch on Andor a little bit, but I think it'd be better if uh, you, we wait until maybe the show has run its course and we can kind of talk about it in more detail, some spoilers and things like that. Yep. Um, but 
But for now, I will just kind of say my first impression off of two episodes was this is a good show. I watched four, and it's a good show. Yeah. I watched, I watched um, all four. I've watched a bunch of recaps on the internet about it, a bunch of stuff like that, and it's great. Um, can't wait for more. Yeah, it's it's significantly, at least for me, it's significantly better than than the Boba Fett and even the Obi Wan show for me. Which, by uh, the way, I thought it was really actually kind of cool a little bit in that because um, I think it's episode two, and even by saying this, if it's episode three or whatever, I'm not ruining anything. But I'm pretty sure it's episode two where like it starts off and it has a real like cyberpunk or Blade Runner feel to it. Have yeah, you felt that yet? Yeah, for sure. There are certainly some of these planets that they go to where the CD underworld parts of it are are definitely, you know, got that. And I've gotten that feel of like a cyberpunky feel off Star Wars settings before. Yeah, they just, it just feels it really hard right now. Yeah. Um, I I like too how this show is much more uh, live set shot rather than the. They're not doing the, the video screen. Yeah. And I feel like you can tell. I mean, certainly I appreciate what they've done in Mandalorian and in Boba Fett and how they've used that screen. I think it's it's a, it's very interesting. They're still but building I, sets in certain aspects there too, which is why sometimes you see where they've screwed up the set. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a little bit um, of both. Yeah. But I think you can tell this show is, is much more live set based. Um, and I, I think I just generally like that a little bit more but obviously that's a more expensive show um so yeah, i will say this i hope this i'm, I'm gonna say something that has not happened I, I want it to happen i don't think it's going to happen i've not heard anything that was but i know he exists i very very badly uh want for um there to be just at least an appearance of of um dang it i can never think of his name the Zahn books. What's the the blue uh, admiral? Admiral oh, Thrawn. Thrawn. Ad- yeah, Admiral Thrawn. Admiral Thrawn. Uh, I want so bad for there to be just like a Thrawn because we know we're going to get him in live action. You know, later on show, in maybe. the new Ahsoka show. But back when this was happening, like him and Vader were together on things. Like he's around mm-hmm. right now. He's out there doing things. I'd love to just like him just to like be in the background or to have like a small little one liner or something. I'd love it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. A little cameo. It'd be really neat. I mean, for the star Wars fans listening to the show, if you have not read the Zon books and you haven't seen season three and four of rebels, you are missing out on Zon books are so good. I mean, Thrawn is probably the best star wars character out there for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's uh he's in the top three at, at, at he's minimum awesome. yeah yeah he, he's tremendous character yep. so uh do yourselves a favor and go read those books and watch season three and four of 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 rebels um which actually do yourself a favor and just watch all the rebels because rebels is really good but three yeah, and four is, of rebels is where where thrawn is at all right well let's get into some video games because you know what each and every week we do get together to channel our virtues through the triforce to provide you the listener all the hottest topics from the mythical world of video games we also add in as much of our colorful thoughts and philip monologues as you can handle in a week simply because we love video games and discussing them if you like what you hear please consider sh- subscribing on your podcasting app of choice and if you really enjoy it please share on social media or directly with your friends this show continues to grow thanks to all of your wonderful support. You can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at TriCastGamingP1 and our website, 
tricastgamingpodcast.com. DM us on any platforms with your questions. We'd be happy to read them on the show. All right, let's get into what we were playing. I'll kick it off because I'm going to be pretty quick. I've been traveling all week. Uh, I had my Switch, so I played a little bit of Pokemon. I'm up to the eighth gym now. I don't have too much more to say other than it's a Pokemon game, and I'm still playing it, so I find myself enjoying it a little bit. Uh, But it is... I don't know. I probably... I'd probably be hard pressed to play all, you know, play these games a lot, but my kids are really enjoying the fact that I'm kind of still playing the game and, and we're still, you know, hanging out in the social areas and stuff from time to time. So um, they're happy with it. I'm, I'm finding it, you know, very digestible in sort of hour chunks, 30 to hour, 30 minutes to hour chunks. Um, but other than that, uh, it's a pretty basic game. I think it's one of those that, um, is really basic to play, but, but really challenging to master. And, um, sometimes those games lose me because it's like a lot to really get into the whole, um, aspects of, you know, pairing different types and, um, adding, you know, items to your types and how you, what moves you teach them and, and how you pair, uh, stat boosting moves with your other moves and how those work and uh, you know getting into things like the eggs and all of that kind of stuff that that just that's like a lot for me um, but then at the same time you know I'll just kind of look in the book and go the next gym coming up has these Pokemon so I just got to make sure I have an ice and a grass or something like that and then I do that and then I blitz the gym and so it gets pretty easy um, in that regard so I don't know sometimes these whole games that are are basic to play but but a lot to master sometimes lose me because I don't get the middle ground of where you kind of have to put in a little bit of work for it to be a little bit of challenging but you don't have to like you know read 15 dissertation papers on how you do eggs and things like that in Pokemon to get the right gender with certain powers or whatever. I don't know. There's, there's a lot to it. Um, and, uh, I kind of, I'm not interested in getting into that, uh, uh, with it, but yeah, Pokemon, that's kind of all I'm doing right now. So, uh, Mike, what about you? Mike, you're muted or something. I know. I, I, I unmuted myself. No need to panic. I'm uh, panicking. I saw <laughs> I, I've been playing mainly Cyberpunk. I played a little bit of Valheim earlier today, just so it was a, it's like a filler game for me now. Um, but mainly Cyberpunk. I went back and there was like finishing some, like a bunch of side quests. And right now, all I'm doing is just killing guys to collect their loot to sell so I can go buy the last of the cars I need to get that achievement. Um, and like, it's just quick hacking this game in game, like, it's so overpowered. Like, I can, like, I don't have to, like, go anywhere near these guys. If I can just, if they're in my line of sight, they will die. Like, I'm going to link a video of, like, how quick I can kill these guys in Cyberpunk. It's in the Facebook Messenger. But, like, yeah, it's What is quick hacking? Sorry. You can, like, hack somebody's, like, cybernetics and kill them by overloading them or uh, just doing damage to them through their cybernetics. Yeah, you can can do all sorts of things. You can literally just do damage or use crowd control or... But yeah, so really fast. It's almost like shooting a gun or running up into a melee. So like, (laughs) it's like a class basically. So in cyberpunk, you've got like melee classes. You've got you know 
gun yeah. classes and, and instead of being like in most games where like you're a wizard, um, right. here you're a hacker. And so yeah. you do very, it happens really fast and you're doing things, but you're literally hacking people. Yeah. And you can like short circuit the shit. It's just, you can, it just happens. Like you can do it so fast. Right. You can do stuff with the environment. You can do mm. stuff with people, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, yeah. it's sort of like their version of a, um, you know, mage or something, but it's all yeah. through electronics and hacking, et cetera. Yeah. I'm watching and, this video and I can't even, I can't even discern the people that you're looking at doing things to. <laughs> Like, you can't you can't see it, but like on my screen, I was playing it. It was highlighted. They like highlight red, and if you just put your cursor over their highlighted body, you can like do whatever the hell you want to them. You can make them kill themselves. Yeah, it's I wonder if that's. I wonder if it's if if that's something that's a lot easier on PC. Like, would it be as good with a <clears throat> with a console controller? I, I, I mean, play with a controller. Okay, I was say I would think it's it was be easier on a keyboard too. But that's because I, you know, I can't, I can't aim at anything. And there's some of these people who like, yeah. they're unbelievable the controller. Yeah. No, and so like the reason I'm saying like, it's so easy, like I, that's what you saw. Like I have that on max difficulty and they died that fast. So like the game is kind of getting boring for me. Cause like, I kind of, you're just put oh, all you're of my good. points in quick hacking and I'm like, well shit. Now, like I'm having to like, what I'll do is I'll sometimes I'll get them near health and just bring out my arms and just, beat them to death and level up my melee ability just because it's just I have a higher chance of dying that way um, so that's what I'm working on is just kill the things loot the bodies sell the shit get money buy cars that's all I'm doing right now yeah I have to say that the show has me thinking about trying cyberpunk again but uh, yeah you only put know. like 45 minutes into the game though right yeah you don't even get thought, past the like um, pre- you didn't the see the title screen, screen. <laughs> yeah exactly no I did I got to the title screen oh you did yeah I think I, w- I did like two two and a half hours that one night <laughs> yeah, but, but oh, do you okay. even know who Johnny Silver or whatever his name is Johnny Silverhands the one that Silverhands, um, yes. that mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves plays yeah mm-hmm. I mean I didn't meet him in the game but I know he plays yeah mm-hmm. plays that character yeah, you gotta. Go That's back where the game it, starts. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> go back never. to it, man. Yeah, when you when you get to him, is like okay, the game is starting now. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I got I got you know some ways into the game, and it suddenly opened up the map, and I opened the map, and there's like fifty quadrillion markers, it's and I'm a, like, what the fuck is this? Behemoth of side yeah. quests. Yeah, um, but like it's it's easier to st- it's easier to stay on main to main quest it. But I recommend doing a few side quests here and there just to kind of build your shit up. Otherwise, it's going to be a pain. Gotcha. You don't have to do all the side quests. Yeah, I mean, usually, uh, or at least with The Witcher 3, what I did was I kind of focused on the side quests that kind of matter to story choices. Right. And the other stuff I just left to the side. Right. It's the only like open world game where I've done that because there's just too much. Otherwise, you just get lost. Mm-hmm. If you try to do everything, yeah, Honestly. like whenever you're, when you first start in Cyberpunk, like anytime you go in a new area, you get like phone calls and text messages and all this bullshit of side quests that just it's just a lot, and you just have to like learn to ignore it and kind of like kind of stay on your own path. Yeah, I mean, do do you guys think that that's poor game design though? I think they could have done that a little bit better, just because yep. it's it gets very overwhelming, um, and. Normally, I don't like that many side quests or just how, like, everything comes out, comes at you all at once. 
And that guy really turns me off to a game. And then you add that to the, the skill tree that they give you. Um, it's very, it's a huge, huge game. Um, but yeah, they could have done that a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be fair. Like that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. And I mean, I, and I know these are video games, but like if you were like a real life edge runner or whatever, you wouldn't like walk into a new district of the city and suddenly you get like 50 phone calls, 120 text messages right? Yeah, and a thousand pins on your AR map on your, on your eye socket. Right. Like right. I mean, yeah. you say no. that, how is, how is geo advertising done these days? So it's like you will go into an area and you you were geotagged and all that stuff just comes to you. So it's not that it's not completely like unimaginable, right? No, but I think they could have what they could have done is like each area each area has their own uh, fixer, and I think what you could have do what they could have done is you would talk to the fixer and the fixer would be like, hey, here's what's going on in this area, and it just kind of slowly trickles that information to you through your fixer. Yeah, instead of just all brute forced in your friggin' phone. Yeah, I agree. I think developers need to do a better job of kind of slowly dishing out their content. Otherwise, like you said, it just gets very overwhelming very quickly. Um, I've spoken about how Days Gone, I felt like, did a good job of of slowly meeting out its side content Mm -hmm. as you played through the game impressed with that um anything else you want to say mike or or should we turn it over to jason um nope that's pretty much it i'm ready for the they announced the new dlc coming up for it pretty soon yeah i'm really excited they're gonna unlock another part of the map and hopefully that other skill tree that they have like blurred out so yeah that's what i'm I'm looking i don't i I, did they announce when they were going to release that uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't think they put a release date on it yet. Uh, I will double check for you though, real quick, and all the listeners. Uh, real time, this happens sometimes. Um, I don't know everything off the top of my head. Shame on you. Uh, yeah, you'd think I'd. You'd think I would. Oh, Phantom Liver coming in 2023. That's all that is. Um, Announced just 2023, but it's called Phantom Liberty. So, yeah, Phantom Liberty 2023. Yeah, there's no posted date to it yet. Mm-hmm. So, something, another thing for you, for everyone to look forward to next year. There's only 50 bajillion games already announced <laughs> for next year. Right. Um, all right, Jason, what have you been playing this week? Um, you know, I continued on some uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, early in the week, um, like last weekend after we recorded. And uh, again, you know, just deep in that as far as like uh, mostly just like gear hunting and getting my gear set and going through and, you know, just kind of, I've definitely gone deep into kind of the, what it feels a little bit is kind of like a, oh, I don't know, these games sort of like a Diablo or um, a WoW or something where I'm like trying to like figure out what's the best gear set and then how to get it, where to go get it, combo and, you know, that stuff out. Yeah. And I told you guys too, like I, uh, it's funny because last week I had talked about how um, I can totally see how they relaunch these and then their stores there. And so then they get income from people on the store that they wouldn't have, you know, regardless, I am victim to that. Um, yep. You know, I, um, um, you know, nine bucks, but you know, what happened is I was, I realized when I was looking back through it all, um, and they're smart too, they get you, they, 
they had a. Uh, I got two hundred credits for free, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've got my two hundred credits, so I want to like use those two hundred. And so I go in there to get it, and there's just a couple things that cost two hundred or one fifty, whereas like everything costs like three hundred. You know what I mean? And so you're like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's just a hundred. You know what I mean? And so you go start, and so you're like looking through, trying to figure out what you want to just use your money on, right? And so right. While looking through, then I realized, wait, these aren't cosmetics. This is actual gear sets. <laughs> yep. And, and it works a lot like Destiny does in that you can constantly upgrade and level your gear. And so, like, you, even though if you get something early game, if it's, you know, got a really good bonuses on it, you can upgrade that with the proper mats and materials that you have to spend and use it throughout the game. Um, which it gets expensive by the way, but you could, so you can just continue on with something. And so, um, I realized it had some gear that was like really strong and I was like, mm-hmm. ah, and so yeah, I, uh, I feel victim. So, uh, but I've got some really strong gear now. Um, and so, so is it to- pay to win then? Well, it's not multiplayer. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> most not, not okay. really. Um, pay, so, paid to own the AI, I guess. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, I'm—I will say I'm damn strong. But look, there's difficulty levels, and you can change stuff up. At no point was I ever. Here's basically here's what it is. At no point was I ever like threatened in this game because most of what I do is like I play a lot in like stealth, um, and so I go through and just like one by one knock everybody off, which takes a little longer um, than just like go in and just full in all out war with everybody. But, but like how I said last week, the big thing that the game does is um, even if you play as an assassin, there are certain parts of the game that you have to just full out go and, and be a fighter. So it forces you to like go into these wars and there is no assassinating people. You just hand-to-hand combat people. So I was kind of like, well, um, I could continue to be this whole assassin thing, but... You know, I, I'm not great at the fighter part when it forces me into these other aspects where I could just be a fighter all the time. And if I'm really good at a fighter, I can kill people like super fast that way and be good, you know, at all aspects of this game. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll shift. And the game has it where you can have preset builds. So mm-hmm. I have like an assassin build. And then now I went to like a fighter build. And basically, you can like do things like where you can imbue your weapons where uh, like in, in the assassin build, you can imbue your, imbue your weapons uh, with poison. Um, in the fighter build, you can imbue it with like um, fire. So you basically light right. your sword on fire and then you're fighting with it. Uh, the problem is that you can light yourself on fire. And so yes. th- the fire works great because you can light a big group on fire and they light each other on fire and they light the environment on fire and it just turns into like a lot of chaos. But you kind of have to be just again real careful not to light yourself on fire. So I bought a armor set that makes me immune to fire. <laughs> I, I can't burn. So now I just go freaking nuts with fire, and I don't care at all. <laughs> there you go. So that's really the only thing. It's not like it made me any stronger outside of just I don't give a crap about fire anymore. And so I'm just freaking slinging flames around all over the damn place, and basically standing in the middle of fire, like you know, come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah I so got you. uh that's that's what i did um uh, side note um the armor looks cool as shit too um but um yeah that's that's so that's what i got um but um then you know i went and was out of town all week didn't play anything while i was gone and then got home 
and uh, played quite a bit last night um, and uh, done a little bit today on Grounded. So Grounded is obviously at its full release. So I've gone yep. back in. I've started that up. Uh, I launched a you know new server, um, and uh, me and wife are both playing it. In fact, she's playing it right now. Um, oh, and wow. um, uh, you know, it's definitely a lot harder now, um, like a lot really? harder. Yeah, like they upped the difficulty quite a bit. Um, they changed a ton of the like recipes for stuff. Um, so now it's like you have to be diverse. It's stuff like okay, well I. You know, I, I want X armor. Well, this armor, it's the ladybug armor. Before, it was mm-hmm. just like, okay, go kill a bunch of ladybugs, and now you have the ladybug armor. Um, well, now it's like, okay, you need mostly ladybug, but you also need this part that comes from the stink bug. And so, like, and each one of these kinds of insects have specific things that make them harder or easier to kill. And so, like, you have to, like, diversify into each of them, and it's, right. it's not easy to... Um, they just changed almost all the recipes to where they're just harder to get the resources for. Right. And then lastly, they've made it a bit more RPG style now. So there is, um, there's damage types and there's armor types and there's set bonuses. And there's, uh, so there's like where you get to a point where there are classes. So you have, you can be a, you know, an archer, you can be a melee, you can be a tank with a shield you can be a caster. You literally have a staff and you literally cast, you know, you're like shooting things from a wand, basically. Mm-hmm. So you have like a wizard. So there's all these like classes now that was not a part of the game last time I played at all. And so like where you like cast, uh, and it's funny because the way things work is you're casting mint. Well, mint is, you know, from ice candy that you have found, you know, like, uh, like <laughs> mint candy and it like right. freezes or slows things. Or you have sour, and sour is from sour candies that you have found, and it like does almost like poison, <laughs> you know. But then there's like then there's like actual poison, like venom, because you're getting that from like the spiders and stuff. And then there's gas from the gas from the like stink bugs and stuff like that. So there's like all these different like mm-hmm. variants of you know elemental stuff uh, that they've added into it too, and it's a uh, I don't know, man. Like, and they've just, there's, there's a whole new group of maps that they added. Like there's a whole like sandbox area, um, like literally a sandbox out in someone's yard. Um, and there's stuff there and there's like this big poison, uh, gas area where like something, you know, you go out and like, like spray, like we control in your yard or something. So there's like this like canister that's like leaking and it like blocks off this whole section of the map with poison that you can't go to without a gas mask. But there's a way to turn off the gas. Um, and if you go and venture through and turn off the gas, it turns it off. And But it has adverse effects. And for the rest of the game, you now deal with these new adverse effects. Um, and mm-hmm. the other thing that I've learned with this is they've taken um, a part almost from uh, Sons of the Forest, Mike, mm-hmm. in that um, there's factions well, factions are each of the insect types. And the oh, more right. you become troublesome, like if I keep fighting and killing off ants, and there's different mm-hmm. types of ants. There's red ants, there's fire ants, there's black ants. And if I'm jacking with a bunch of red ants, they start learning and changing their behavior and adapting. And then they start bringing the fight to you. Oh, wow. 
So if I like keep jacking with whatever I've built my base around, they become more and more aggressive and they will literally take your base out. Um, so you have to like set up defenses or do things where you like, you know, build up in a high spot where they can't get to, or you have to do things to keep right. them from, you know, uh, coming back at you. So it's not just like, as you venture out, you're also doing things that they now are coming out towards you. They like change their behavior and actively seek you out. Um, so that's new too. Uh, very much an AI that feels cool. Um, so, um, I've got a long way to go. Um, <laughs> I, like last time it felt real easy. Like there's, you know, there's upgraded, like you get better axes and better hammers and better. And then you can like the next resource, just like with Valheim or any of these other survival games. Now you can like break the next set of trees or the next right. set of rocks with your new. And the last time I was playing, it was really easy to get to those. I don't have any level two stuff. It's freaking <laughs> hard to get the shit you need to go to level two. Like I'm like, I, I, how? <laughs> <laughs> When was the last time you played this game? Uh, when was the last? Oh, oh, dude. I last. mean, I don't know, six months ago. Okay. Um, and so the other thing, too, with this game is it's a maximum of four people. Um, and it definitely is like, I need, you need four people to like, really, really, yeah, done. you need someone who's a tank and you need some other people who are like, you know, attacking the thing while you're right. keeping it distracted. You know what I mean? Like, um, and then the next thing is, uh, uh, one last little thing I'll say that I actually really like is this is one of those games like think like a Valheim or something, Mike, where um, I launch the game, I'm the host, everybody joins on my game, right? Right. Um, and so if I log out, um, you know, obviously the game shuts down, nobody can right. play. What sucks is then it's like, okay, during the week, uh, I'm off traveling, nobody can play because the save file is on my computer and I'm the host. Right. So they have this now changed to where it's uh, you have the option of doing that just like normal, or you have the option of doing an online, um, uh, like a cloud save. So someone is still the host. So like I, I'm the host, but I can sh I can save the world with you know any other three people that I want. So there's four of us total, mm -hmm. and um, whoever launches the game is that host that session. And it's a singular oh. save. So like if I log on, you could all get on and we could play. But when I log off, you could turn around and two minutes later, log back on and you're the host until you log back off. So it allows oh, them to continue that's... to play and be the same world, the same everything. Right. It still treats one person as the host. So it's not like an online server right. that we have to then rent. Right. I, this is, I'm like, dude, this is, this I, is. Yeah, that's like, smart. Yeah, I mean, like, think of all the games that we have to like rent servers for, Valheim, <laughs> right. etc. Like, because right. it, it it wouldn't matter if you know, right. I mean? like, and no matter what, if I log on and you've already hosted it, it's going to show up there as the, the active. I just click on it and join your game. Like, that's right. so it, cool. It, it like eliminates the reason to have a dedicated server anymore. I'm like. Right. Now maybe it's possible because there's only four total people that can be on. Like, right? I, I don't know, but like, I'm like, dude, this is really good. That is pretty awesome. So they've added a ton of stuff to the map. They've also added a ton of different kind of creatures. There's like all sorts of new flying insects and stuff now, which ups the difficulty a ton because before it was like just build your base high and you're fine. But now there's bumblebees and mosquitoes and there's um, 
gnats and these lightning mm-hmm. bugs, you know what I mean? Like fireflies or whatever. Like there's all these like flying things that will jack with mm-hmm. you. So it's like you have to like have like an actual roof <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. So wow. I don't know. I it's I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. Right on. Oh, I have one more game that I played. I okay, played one the more game. Call of Duty beta. Oh, you played the beta. Weekend. Yeah. Oh my god. I uh I suck. <laughs> I played <laughs> I played Hardpoint one game, and oh my god, was it rough! Like, I fire the gun, and I don't know if it used to do this all the time, but like, I fire it, and the gun just jumps everywhere. <laughs> like, I like have to like do that shit in bursts. Um, but yeah, like I played Hardpoint one game, and I was two and fifteen. Ooh, that just, is that's what happens when you play a game that's full of only hackers. <laughs> so it was oh my god it was very like I, it took me like 30 minutes just to get the game installed my account set up with activision and all that log in played one game and then just quit i'm like okay this is not for me <laughs> that's so, funny so do you think you won't be picking up the new modern warfare game i might get it just for the uh the story the campaign mm-hmm. but you're not gonna play online i'm not gonna play i might play it I might play online. I don't know. But I know I will get it. I will buy it. So, I mean, I will probably eventually try the multiplayer again. I, I'm, I'm going to try out the new Warzone when it comes out. But other than that. You get a free up 500 gigabytes on your hard drive. I know. These games are they're huge. They're really big uh, downloads size uh, for sure. All right. Well, should we get into the news for the week? Do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, we don't have a dedicated topic of the show this week. Nothing too big has happened. So I'm just going to go straight into the new speed run and get started here with number one. UK police have confirmed that they've charged the teenager arrested on September 22nd on suspicion of hacking. While police have not officially stated what the arrest is in connection with, journalist Matthew Keyes has stated stated it is for the recent GTA 6 and Uber data breaches. City of London police said on September... Apparently so. Wow. City of City of London police said on September 24th that the 17-year-old who was arrested in Oxfordshire had been charged with two counts of breach of bail conditions and two counts of computer misuse. He appeared at Highbury Corner Youth Court the same day and pleaded not guilty. Prosecutor Valerie Benjamin said in court that the suspect had used a phone to hack into companies and was, quote, holding them to ransom, end quote, to gain access to illegally obtained software. The judge referred the case to a higher court where it'll be heard with a similar matter at a sa- at a later date. I don't know what they mean by a similar matter. That's like maybe another hacking case or something, but that's all they said. Yeah. The teen is said to associate with a group called Lapsus Dollar, or is that just Lapsus with, with, yeah. with an with S dollar sign as a dollar it. sign? I don't know what these weird hacker groups be getting up to. Uh, and was allegedly arrested earlier this year for hacking Microsoft and NVIDIA also. So this dude is prolific yeah he's uh, not exactly a, a first offender exactly because that was um, a, so that was my assumption was he was just some young dumb kid who didn't know what he was doing and tried you know blackmail and was put it on the public forum that was my take last week remember like i'm like he was just young and stupid no he's not even a first timer yeah no which makes it all the more ridiculous that he didn't realize that that would blow up and go really big yeah like i i, I don't know I mean, he did Microsoft, NVIDIA, Uber, so maybe he's not a gamer, but I don't know. 
yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's an odd one. Uh, of course, because he's not an adult, they're not releasing his name, um, and he will be presumably tried in in youth court, as they said here. Um, not much to add, but I, I wanted to keep people posted on this story because this was pretty big last week, talking about you know the GTA Six. Um, leaks and, and the breach and the, the concerns for the source code, which proved to be unfounded, etc. But, um, yeah, Mike, do you have anything anything to add here? Uh, don't be stupid, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it, Mike. Yeah. I mean, kind of common we, sense. We didn't talk about it at all, but by the way, there was another uh, decent-sized leak um, that happened. It's not gaining that much fanfare because it doesn't seem to be um, nearly as brutal. Uh, but uh, Diablo had a pretty big leak this last week. Diablo Four. Mm, oh, really? that. Yeah, there was a, like a ton of content released on it too. I mean, like, but it was just like gameplay uh, was released. It wasn't. It wasn't oh. nearly as like in depth of the behind the curtain kind of thing. It was just like four hours worth of like gameplay that someone like. Um, got their hands on and leaked. I mean, they, I mean, mm-hmm. We've already seen some Diablo 4 gameplay, though. Yeah, yeah. So it just—I mean, it was just stuff that Diablo, like Blizzard, didn't release it. Somebody right got their hands on it and leaked it. <clears throat> got you. Yeah, I think that that the fact that we have seen a lot of Diablo 4 gameplay officially from yeah. from Blizzard helps that not be as big of a deal. Of course, we've not seen any gameplay from GTA 6, um, right? And you know, well, it also not really... speaks to how much, how much like more polished the game is, in that like it's probably pretty close to actually coming out. Whereas Grand Theft mm-hmm. Auto is still very far off, right? You know, Etc. Which we'll talk to. A, we have a story a little bit later about some of that that I I feel strongly about this case. But go ahead. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, that's kind of all I had for this. I'll keep everyone up to date as this story evolves. Number two. Google will officially shut down its Stadia game streaming service next year. It is announced in a statement published on September 29th, Stadia's general manager, Phil Harrison, admitted that the service hadn't gained the traction with users that it expected since launching nearly three years ago. Google will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchases made through the Google Store and all game and add-on content purchases made through the Stadia Store, Harrison said. Players will continue to have access to their games library and play through January 18th of 2023 when the service shuts down. The official statement reads in part, quote, for many years, Google has invested across multiple aspects of the gaming industry. We help developers build and distribute gaming apps on Google Play and Google Play Games. Gaming creators are reaching audiences around the world on YouTube through videos, live streaming and shorts, and our cloud streaming technology delivers immersive gameplay at massive scale. A few years ago, we also launched a consumer gaming service, Stadia. And while Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected. So we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service, end quote. Um, If Adam was here, he'd say, I told you so. I think a lot of people (laughs) saw this coming. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think... You know, I think the problem with Stadia is that their whole business model was hung entirely on streaming video games. You know, it wasn't 
like with Xbox, where the cloud streaming is an add-on to Game Pass. It's an optional thing that you can partake in if you want to, if you're part of Game Pass, but it's not your primary way of playing games. Stadia tried to make this your primary way of playing games, and uh, I just don't think the gaming uh, community is ready, nor, you know, when you kind of look at it in terms of why would you choose Stadia if you're already on PC or you're already on PS or you're already on Xbox? Um, If you're not already on those, why would you suddenly see Stadia and go, oh, yeah, well, now I'll play games when you you could have picked up a Steam box before or you Mm -hmm. could get Game Pass on Xbox or or these other things. So it just felt... There's no incentive to get Stadia. Exactly. It felt like there was no incentive. That's a great way of putting it, Mike. Uh, look, I, with that, all that being said, the big thing here that's a, just a shock to me uh, that I'm actually really genuinely surprised by is that they're refunding everything to people who, like, I'm legitimately shocked. Right. It goes back to just basically be like, we're talking Google here. They right. really have the money to be okay with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, Think like when like Sega like decided we're gonna stop doing consoles. They didn't turn around and go, we're gonna refund everyone who like <laughs> no like this is right. the first company to fail at one of these things by a long shot. The, uh, they're the first one that I've seen to turn around and go, but we'll refund everyone who ever bought anything from us. Like wow, You're right? So and the I thing think- that I think the reason that is is because whenever you bought a game, there was completely digital, right? And mm-hmm. if they're going to shut service down, you paid for something that you can't access anymore. So they were probably just trying to save face. Be like, yeah, we better. It's a good point. You don't have give any, them some money. You still at least had your hardware and you could still continue to enjoy the device. Right. This, you're, that's a good point. Yeah, but I mean, I'd be curious to see what like sort of the data license agreements are. I mean, typically when you buy digital games, you're not buying ownership and per- perpetuity to the game you're you're buying access to play the game Mm -hmm. so they have these loopholes where legally they probably don't have to do this this is probably like they're just saving face yeah i mean i I think there's i'm just really shocked by it though i mean i think it's i mean good on them i guess Mm -hmm. you know i think it's likely that that they've looked at how much that they've actually sold and, yeah, uh, and like, ah, realized that five bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they probably the don't. Behind, not gonna, it's going to look really good. Like we're going to, Oh, we're <laughs> refunding everyone. Yeah. Hey, those hundred people who actually bought one of these, we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure, and also for sure. the, this game streaming, I don't think is quite there yet. Yeah. For it to be a dedicated thing. I mean, I like it on Xbox. It's not great. Yeah. It's it. We just it just needs a little more time to get it get it flushed out. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a much stronger infrastructure behind your internet, you mm-hmm. know, to, yeah. to do something yeah, like we're, this. We're not in Korea. Yeah, we're <laughs> not in South Korea. <laughs> Dude, they, they're sure. legit. Yeah, yeah. It's ours the shame. <laughs> the only the only positive, I guess, if you're looking for, well, I I mean. I don't know that you need to even look for a positive or whatever. I'm just going to straight up say a positive for me. I think this probably just ends Google's uh, large investment in in gaming at this mm-hmm. point. I, I don't see them, you know, shutting this down and then going, oh, well, we'll buy EA and just become a publisher. Like I, I think they're just going to be 
I mean, out I don't of video games. I, I don't know about that. I mean, they're still considered the biggest, you know, one of the biggest publishers because of their mobile. They may just go in hard on mobile. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to go into mainstream. You know, they may turn and go games. and buy like a, and again, not this version, but they may go buy like a king or something. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that would be something I could see them doing. Right. right, but if they were going to go and buy an EA or something like that, they would have done it already to try yeah. to bolster Stadia, um, and no, they I, have not you're done that. And correct they, on that. Yeah. So, so that's that's I think a win for for main what mainstream gaming, console PC gaming, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Because um, I I don't I would not have wanted Google. I re- I I don't want Google or Apple or or Amazon really getting involved in this. So if we can knock one of those three players down. Um, that's I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on. Number three, Saudi Arabia will invest a further thirty-seven point eight billion dollars in the gaming industry uh, in gaming industry acquisitions, including around thirteen billion dollars to acquire a quote leading game publisher. This is according to state news. The investments will be made via the country's Savvy Games Group, which is owned by Sovereign Wealth Fund, PIF, the Public Investment Fund. The investments will include $18.6 billion to take minority stakes in several key companies that support Savvy's game development agenda and $13.3 billion to acquire a, quote, leading game publisher to become a strategic development partner, end quote. If accurate, the $13 billion acquisition figure would likely fall short of the asking price of the very largest third-party publishers, such as EA or Take-Two, but it could potentially secure a deal for most others. In addition, Saudi Arabia State News said $481 million will be reserved for investments in industry disruptors to grow early-stage games and esports companies. And finally, a further $4.8 billion would be invested in, quote, mature industry partners, end quote, who add value and expertise to Savvy's existing portfolio. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salim uh, or Salman has said in a statement, quote, Savvy Games Group is one part of our ambitious strategy aiming to make Saudi Arabia the ultimate global hub for games and esports sector by 2030, end quote. Saudi Arabia officials have said the investments will help modernize the kingdom, but they have come with negative fallout due to the country's highly criticized human rights abuses, something I've mentioned on this show multiple times every time we talk about Saudi Arabia. Notably, the crown prince has been accused by U.S. intelligence of ordering the ordering the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, as well as the country has been engaged in a controversial war in Yemen and has, has historically cracked down on female activists and homosexuality. Um, yeah, I mean, in a long line of dirty money from China to Saudi Arabia and any, everywhere in between, this we've is what got the, more um, of it. Live Golf is going through right now, or, you know, PGA Tour and Live Golf. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same with, you know, the same PIF, the Public Investment Fund, is yeah. what purchased Newcastle United yeah. in the English Premier League. Yeah. Uh, and they have since bought a whole bunch of players for that club and are trying to turn them around. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of dirty money and they're willing to throw it around out there. And this is why I keep saying, you know, look, 
Microsoft coming in and purchasing Activision Blizzard. Do we want consolidation of all of these publishers? Probably not. But if it's going to happen, which it's happening and has been happening, let's at least get industry players that are involved and invested in bringing games to a lot of people, most gamers, and bringing it uh, in a you know a mostly good way. I mean, yes. All businesses, especially big businesses, are underhanded in certain ways. But mm. Microsoft ain't no Saudi Arabia. Let's put it that way. <laughs> let's let's be real here, okay? Right. Um, so there are there is there is good money and there is bad money, and mm. this is what I keep saying. Um, you know, if we block these uh, acquisitions, they're just going to open the door to to bad money coming in and buying right. this stuff and. And yeah. we're not going to like what happens. So I, just one quick thought on this too. Um, you know, I, I may be overthinking this, over reading into words here, um, but I do this from time to time, you know, quote unquote, a leading game publisher to become a strategic development partner. Um, you know, I, I don't know. When I read that for whatever reason, um, that screams to me um, th- them doing something like, you know, Technically, Ubisoft has still not been fully purchased. Yes, Tencent has invested, et cetera, et cetera. Could, but, and we know Ubisoft has been shopping. Ubisoft is mm-hmm. wanting someone to buy them. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. this mean now, okay, they come in and they buy the rest of Ubisoft. And, um, you know, they're partner, but they're not like a, and they're going to like partner with a bunch of people. And they keep using partner because they're like trying to buy like, you know, uh, other other, you know, key companies that, you know, they do business with and are where they can partner in with X or Y or just have their fingers in multiple things, kind of like how Tencent does, right? Like Tencent doesn't like outright own uh, a bunch of the companies that they're in with. Um, So I don't know. I I just kind of have a feeling it could be sort of like that, kind of like how Tencent does some things like where they own, you know, um, some stuff and they start to partner with Sony a lot, et cetera. I don't know. I just, just screams to me, Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the one that I kind of thought of too. Um, was Ubisoft, um, but who knows? I mean, I, I there's not a whole lot of other game development publishers out there of that sort of mid size, right? Yeah. Um, to to, to so, lead with whole leading, you know, like they're really leaning hard into this is someone you know, not like. We're picking up someone that no one knows. You know what I mean? Like, they're leaning right. hard on that. Yeah, I was trying to do a little bit of reading into them to see, you know, who these, who this savvy games group is and what they do. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's not a lot of information on their website. That's for sure. Um, so... I don't know. Their their current group CEO is a man by the name of Brian Ward, uh, who was the former head of Worldwide Studios at Activision Blizzard. So I don't he know. Fits right in is what you're saying with the yeah. old Saudi. <laughs> yeah, kind of fits right in, right? Um, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I just you know I just really worry. I mean, because you have. You know, I think it's difficult to live a fully morally um, 
true life in your decisions, right? Like if you go and you buy an Apple product, uh, there are large portions of it made in China, probably with cheap labor, right? Um, mm. uh, also, China has human rights issues. Um, yeah, and that's and, one and, of the things and, that I've heard as a defense on the whole live, you know, thing is, you know, when they come in, you know, PGA is throwing out the like, you know, this is dirty money and how would you do this? And then the people who are in support of live turn and go like, uh, you have sponsors who directly do business, like big business in Saudi Arabia or support mm -hmm. X or Y. Like, so you're exactly right. Like at some point, everything kind of trickles and at some point has, you know, uh, their fingers in something. So it's really hard to point fingers at somebody now, you know, I mean, I hear what you're kind of saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my point is that it's, it's pretty difficult to live a truly morally just or a righteous life in your sort of purchasing, you know, product consumption. But eventually like in this case, right, the PIF is the Saudi government fund that is their, uh, it is their money, their investment money that is being put in here. And they're the ones, you know, the, they are the ones that ordered Khashoggi's murder. They are the ones that had a mass public execution earlier this year of state dissidents where they just beheaded 81 people in public because they apparently didn't have the right beliefs according to the state. They were very ambiguous in the charges that brought against them. You know, this government is doing these things and this is this government's money paying for these things. So it becomes a lot more direct. It's not as fizzled out as some of the other stuff is. And, and it starts causing consumers to have to ask questions about what they're willing to support um, because it's not like, you know, it's not like NetEase. NetEase is a Chinese company. I have concerns with them, but they're not own and run, right. strictly speaking, by the communist government straight up doing certain things, right? In this case, it's it's a the, the path from your purchase to lining the wallet of someone doing something like this is yeah. much more direct. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm trying to get at here. Yep. Um, so this is going to cause gamers to have to actually think about it and make decisions and, and be okay with certain things within themselves if they're going to continue supporting whatever companies end up being owned by this Savvy Games Group via the PIF. So that's the point I'm trying to make. Well, I think a lot of gamers are apathetic and they won't care. Well, I'm trying to educate somewhat, or at least I shouldn't use the word educate. I feel <laughs> like people should go and educate themselves. So I'm trying to at least provide you a nugget to go, hmm, that sounds kind of interesting. Maybe I should go look into it and educate myself a little bit on it. Um, so if I've done that for a couple of people, I feel like I've done a good thing. All right, number right four. On. Microsoft has officially filed its case for its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard with the European Commission on September 30th. The European Competition Watchdog confirmed it has set a provisional deadline of November 8th to clear the $68.7 billion deal or choose to enter a second more detailed investigation phase. Over the coming weeks, the European Commission will analyze the deal during what's called a phase one review. This is very similar to everything we went through with the English uh, watchdog group that we've been talking about 
about over the last few weeks. Um, if it still has concerns about the deal following this investigation, the commission will launch a phase two review, which is more in depth. Again, very similar to what we've been seeing in England. Uh, according to a Financial Times report this month, regulators and others involved in the Microsoft and Activision merger are expecting a lengthy European Union probe. Um, not much to say here, just other other than to to kind of point out that it is now only just now entering into this uh, phase with the EU. That's a totally separate commission from the English Commission, which is totally separate from the American Commission. Um, and you can see the dates on this. So this thing is going to continue to drag on and on and on. Uh, do not expect anything to be done and complete before the end of this year, I think, at this point, is is the big takeaway from this news. <laughs> going to be a lifetime. And I'm so ready for it to be over. It's just, it's it's the whole, becoming a story that's whole not Europe, fun to talk about. The whole Europe thing stinks to high heaven to me. It just has PlayStation vibes all over it. Oh yeah, we get it. It's gonna be. It's gonna happen all over again. It just feels Some like PlayStation bullshit. has their fingers in that group really hard. <clears throat> yeah, they're gonna keep fighting it. But I, I personally don't think that it's a. I, I don't think that every uh, that the stuff that Sony's been doing is is painting them in a good light. I don't think it's it's working mm-hmm. well for them publicly from an image perspective. I think more and more people are kind of turning and looking at it, going just kind of. This is right. odd from you, Sony. Like this is hypocritical right. from you, Sony. This doesn't smell well. You're supposed to be the market leader. You know, why don't instead of, you know, spending all of this energy to stop this, why don't you just put your head down and work a little bit harder? Right. Um and so yeah, it just stinks. I'm ready for it to be over. It needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, one way or the other, I guess, in in, in general. So did did just, y'all hear the, the yelp that happened in the background over here or no? I did. Okay. My wife is playing grounded and a giant bug jumped out of nowhere and attacked her and killed her. And she was like, ah! <laughs> Since we're squirreling for a minute, uh, I was making dinner this evening. I was making breakfast for dinner um, and I was trying to open the the biscuits and you know how like you you pull the wrapper yeah, yeah. a little bit you, you know it. and then you kind of put the spoon and it pops the thing open yeah well i just like barely started to pull the tab <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and the whole thing exploded like boom like real loud right in my hand and i it scared the shit out of me i literally tossed the can of biscuits into the air and it landed <laughs> on the counter <laughs> i'll never i'll never look at a toaster and not be terribly frightened when it goes off like i just stare at the whole time it's coming it's coming oh my gosh so i get it yeah. it reminds me it's not a jump scare but whenever i was at your house jason and your mom was cooking in the kitchen or standing in the kitchen and a cat was sitting behind her and your mom stepped on the cat and your cat let out the most human scream <laughs> ever like it said like a grown man got stepped on <laughs> oh my Glorious. god that's so funny All right, well, let's get back on target here and move on to number five. Certain Affinity has shared more details on its role working on Halo Infinite and revealed its leading development on something big, quote, something big and new for the franchise, end quote. 
prolific Texas-based support studio, which has collaborated on installments in the Halo and Call of Duty franchises since 2007, announced earlier this year that it had taken on additional Halo Infinite development duties. CEO Max, CEO Max Hoberman said, quote, The biggest thing we're doing that's public right now for more than two years now, we've been working on Halo Infinite doing something that, while they're very pers- uh, pers- prescriptive about what we can say but we're doing something unannounced and we're doing lead development on that unannounced thing from conception and design it's something big and new for the franchise but i can't say any more about it that's our single largest project of our three projects currently we have close to 100 developers working on that in quote in January, Windows Central had said that it received hints that certain Infinity may be developing a new Halo Infinite game mode, which could be the shooter's take on Battle Royale or something else entirely. Uh, so really, the update on the news here is that the CEO of certain Infinity is confirming officially that they are working uh, and have quite a lot of people working on something specifically for Halo Infinite. This is the first time that they've confirmed that. Um so maybe more and more likely that we're moving towards seeing what sort of battle royale take Halo Infinite will have. Yeah, I, I'm ready for something new in Halo because, like, I really, really enjoyed that uh, first-person version of that game. It's just so much better than uh, Call of Duty that I played in the beta. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I want something new for that game already. Yeah, I think the first big thing is going to be the Forge. When the Forge comes, that that should be something that should dip your toes in, Mike. Oh, yeah, but for sure. Agreed. It'd be really enticing to see what... I mean, this has to be a large... This can't just be like a, oh, we've had 100 developers working for two years on Capture the Flag no. game mode that's now here, right? Like, this has to be something big and new mm-hmm. with, with map creation and... Um, you know, t- testing how it works, you know, game uh, play testing. I, I'm not speaking well here. You know, when you, when you create a multiplayer map, there goes, there's more that goes into it in the yeah. fact that you have to test how people approach different angles of sight, uh, where items are placed, uh, you know, vertical traversal, things like that. And how right. the map flows together. It's very different than single player design. So yeah, um, a lot that goes into that. Right. Okay, Jason, anything you want to add, or should I move on to number six? Um, you know, I'm just not a Halo guy, so... Hopefully, this new and big thing they're working on will bring you into the goddamn game. Yeah, I doubt it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the Apex Legends killer. You heard yeah. it here first. Oh, number- <laughs> calling it. <laughs> we'll beat that Break the Shield game. Yeah, Exactly. All right, number six, players in Japan have been expressing their displeasure at one aspect of the newly launched PlayStation Stars loyalty program, which offers better customer support to players on the highest tier. The program has a four-tier level system in which all players start at level one and can work their way up to level four by buying games and earning trophies. However, some users are upset that the level four tier, which is unlocked after buying four full-priced games from the PlayStation Store and earning 128 rare trophies, rewards players with improved customer service. According to Sony, the level four tier perks include a commemorative collectible and a promise that, quote, when contacting PlayStation PlayStation customer support, you will be given priority in the chat order end quote um so i read the story Mm. and at first i kind of thought oh this is another l for playstation and then i kind of read into it a little bit more and i thought about it a little more and and i'm kind of 
indifferent on this. Like if you're somebody that is buying a lot of PlayStation games, playing a lot on the PlayStation, and you run into an issue and you call customer service, I guess I'm not necessarily opposed to you getting priority I mean line service in this case. It's not anything unlike, you know, being a priority, you know, like um like Delta, right? You know, you, right, you yeah. get your priority, you've got a different line, you get to go in, you know, ahead of somebody else. Like I, that's all that is, is they're, you know, flying more and they have status and, you know, I mean, like, or they, you know, they're first class or whatever the case may be. Right. Like that's. Yeah. All that is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Everybody like, is getting helped. It's just, yeah. you're not getting help as fast yeah. as if. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That or, makes sense. Or, or even just like Disney world or whatever. It's like paying for the, like. Fast pass, fast, right? Yeah. Like, that's really all this is. It it comes off terrible when you specifically like word <laughs> it and like we're going to give them better customer service than you. Like, the, it right, just right. sounds really bad. But that's all it is. So I'm with you. This isn't this isn't that big a deal. Um, this is done already with a ton of other you know variants of business. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and to be fair, PlayStation's exact wording is "you will be given priority in the chat order." That's it. They don't say yeah. better customer service. Right. Right. They mm-hmm. just say priority in the chat order. It's it's like you said. I went and traveled this past week. I am Avis preferred. When I walked up to the line, I went into the Avis preferred line, and there were several people that Bro. had to wait for me to grab my keys. Bro, mm-hmm. you, you got to switch to Hertz and just be gold, and just there is no line. You just go out and pick, get in any car you want, and just drive off. <laughs> I don't I get was, in the line. I, was, I just go get in a car. <laughs> yeah, I was Hertz gold for a while, uh, but then our company moved to Avis, yeah. and so I got you. You know, wasn't Hertz like reporting their cars stolen to people they've rented their cars to? They're still doing it a ton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now we're talking long-term stuff. Like, so like Hertz does like leasing stuff. So you're talking about people oh, right. who literally it's all over issues where like someone has rented a car for like three months straight. Okay. It's not like, it's not the like little stuff that like that's happening. One or two it, days. So that's where they're having their issues. They're having okay. their issues with these long-term um, rentals. It'd be funny to see Jason on a news story saying he's been arrested for car theft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in real life GTA. And, and, and to be fair, again, you know how it goes. Like, there's a there. It's making national news and all this kind of stuff. But uh, to defend it a little bit, just a little bit, um, this is also one of those where they have they in each one of these cases, Hertz has tried to contact these people like handfuls of times. And mm-hmm. they don't get any oh, responses. Not, yeah. Uh, and and the assumption is they've stolen this car, right? Like something has happened in the paperwork and they didn't t- steal it. They still have the vehicle legally or they've turned mm-hmm. it in. And, but, you know, uh, they've turned it in and they don't even have it in their possession anymore. Hertz are, already has it and is renting it out to other people and they get arrested for stealing that car. That has happened. Uh, so there's a system problem with Hertz. But her right. tried to contact each of them like literally handfuls of time, and they don't respond. It, it, so they're not like totally like clean in this thing. But right. Hertz definitely has a system problem. And they're all over long term because I don't answer calls that I don't know the number to. Yeah, emails, yeah. calls, whatever. They, they try to contact <laughs> these people and they don't respond. Very well then. All right. Well, getting back onto PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, 
I yeah, I think it's uh, like you said, Jason. I think it's fair to say that this is no big deal. And, yeah. and I just I wanted to you know we've we've hit PlayStation pretty hard uh, frequently on the show, and uh, I think when when I can, when it makes sense, you know, I want to make sure that I kind of put out there that maybe this isn't so bad and and we shouldn't, this is not the, this is not the hill to be dying on for PlayStation. They've been doing so much worse stuff uh, and we need to, we need, we need to let this one go. Right. All right. Number seven in our final news story, uh, cyberpunk 2077 has cleared 20 million in sales. CD project has claimed uh, this past Wednesday, September 28th. Uh, the figure is up from 18 million reported by the company in April. The game's latest sales milestone was reached following a res- recent resurgence for the open world RPG, which has had a bumpy life cycle. We talked about the concurrent player count last week's episode. You can now see the sales reflecting that. Cyberpunk 2077, oh, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, was billed as one of the biggest titles of the last console generation with heavily anticipated games selling 8 million copies via pre-orders alone. The total then rose to 13 million during the game's launch month in December of 2020. However, despite the blockbuster sales figures, the game was in serious trouble at release. After three days, Cyberpunk 2077 arrived for PC and consoles with a host of technical problems, resulting in refunds being offered and the game being pulled from the PlayStation Store. Following six months of patches designed to improve the game, it returned to Sony's online marketplace in June 2021, when CD Projekt said it believed that its performance had reached a satisfying level. In the 15 months since developer CD Projekt Red has continued to deliver title updates designed to improve the experience, and Cyberpunk 2077 was eventually released for PS5 and Xbox Series XS in February of this year. Uh, I think it's fair to say at this point that this is another redemption arc that's come full circle, and I'm happy for CD Projekt Red, and, and I'm glad the players are enjoying the game, and hopefully it'll give them a chance to sort of prove their worth again uh, to gamers. Um, sure. I, yeah, I agree with you again. This is another kind of a no man's sky kind of a story. Exactly, where something yeah. started off terrible, came came full circle. Um, it's it's another. Um, so it's a couple stories here. You know, you've got that story. Um, it's a redemption. Um, it's also just a uh, a warning. Um, don't be a console gamer. Be a PC gamer because this was amazing day one. <laughs> just throwing that out there. That's just a warning. It's just a warning. Just this was P- this was amazing day one on PC. I'm just saying. You know. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's um, fine. Whatever. Yeah, they've ahead, uh, they've come a long way as far as patching. It also helped that Edge Runners came out and yeah, just kind of got everybody jazz for the game again yeah uh league of legends felt uh and witcher 3 even all these years later all of them had a big resurgence that went along the side mm-hmm. of their uh netflix show so right. um, clearly yeah. netflix is a very very large service and it at this point has very much proven to carry some weight with it right um yeah. so that's a, yeah. that's another story to go along with this that's a good point mike um and um, you know, the other, the other thing on this that I was going to say, and I've lost it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's how my brain works. Well, I was it gonna, was there and now uh, it's not. Now it's gone. I was going to say that this is another example. You mentioned edge runners of where having your ducks in a row on your game is important to, to be there when the show comes out, mm-hmm. you know, halo infinite, they didn't have their shit together. They didn't have content in the game. They didn't have Forge there. And then they came out with a show on Paramount Plus, which did reasonably well, but their game wasn't in a great state and they didn't see that resurgence. No. Um, 
So having your game prepared and ready and in line mm-hmm. when stuff comes out, I think is very important to get that yes, cross media. 100%. Yeah, and that's yeah. Act that, that reminded me and I thought where you were going, which is that, you know, the game being in a good state, um, you know, we talked about six months worth of patches. This is the same thing we've talked about. Like, just delay your game six months. You'll be better <laughs> off than releasing shit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't, sure. don't be Anthem. You know what I mean? It's one of those <laughs> yeah. things where, you know, No Man's Sky, yes, it has come along, but it had been so much better off if they had just waited and then released the game. Um, this is just another where CD Projekt Red, again, it was their first intro into big money AAA, and I think they fell to pressure. Right. Yep. That's all it was. For sure. All right. Well, let's get into some game announcements, and there was a bunch this week, uh, so I'm just going to kind of Read and as you guys, you know, as, as I come across an announcement that you guys want to jump in on, you know, do the hand or whatever and, and we'll, we'll go. But otherwise, I'm just going to kind of read here. Uh, number one, Sony Interactive Entertainment has officially confirmed the first of October 2022's PlayStation Plus games. Uh, next month's essential titles will be Hot Wheels Unleashed, uh, Injustice 2, and Super Hot. The three games will be available to claim from October 4th until October 31st. All three of these actually reviewed pretty well. They're pretty strong games. So if there's any of those three that you haven't checked out yet, now is a good time. Number two, Sony has also announced that it will launch PlayStation Stars, which we just talked about, in the Americas on October 5th and in Europe on October 13th. So if that's a service you're interested in being uh, engaged in on PlayStation consoles, there are your launch dates. So just this, this coming week in the Americas and next week in Europe. Uh, number three, Scorn will now release one week earlier than planned. Publisher Kepler Interactive has announced. The publisher, along with developer Ebb Software, has said today that the game, which uh, had previously been set to launch on October 21st, will now release one week earlier on October 14th. The horror title is set to release for PC via Steam, Epic's Game Store, and GOG, uh, and Xbox Series XS Day 1 with Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Jason, is oh, this one that you're looking no, forward to? No, or? I'm not at all. But wasn't Scorn originally um, was supposed to release earlier, and it was a delay, and now they're moving that back up. Am I correct on that? Yeah, it's been a long delay. There was yeah, some long suggestion yeah. that it might have come out in December of as early as December of 2020. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. So I just didn't know long how long. Here. I knew that it was definitely one that originally was pushed back, and they moved up. And again, I'm fine with all that kind of stuff. I'd rather you delay and release a solid game than than the other crap. Right. Uh, I suspect that this has a lot to do with Gotham Knights and uh, Modern Warfare 2. Uh, so Gotham Knights releases on October 21st, Modern Warfare 2 on October 28th, but that their campaign... Uh, but their campaign is is going live on the 20th if you pre-order the game. Um, so I have a strong suspicion that Scorn were looking to try to get ahead of those games just yeah, a little that bit. That scares me. And again, hopefully we don't have a bunch of that next year when all these things are coming out at the same time. People trying Everything's to like, come out February 27th. Yeah, like where everything, everything tries to like move like a week or two or whatever and it's, they're not really ready. They're just trying to avoid another game. Like hopefully we yeah. don't run into that. We'll see. Yep. 
All right, number four, Sackboy A Big Adventure will be released for PC on October 27th of this year. The news was revealed in a trailer for the game, which uh, Sony's Latin American YouTube account appeared to have published early. Uh, This was ahead of an er official announcement uh, and was later confirmed on the PlayStation blog. Um, Sackboy is a fun little game to play with your kids. I don't know about being on PC, but this is just another example of PlayStation bringing a exclusive game uh, from the PlayStation console over to PC. Number five, Valve has announced the dates of Steam's next three major seasonal sales. Uh, I almost didn't add this in here, but I do try to service the PC game crowd just a little bit, and I know that these are really big for PC gamers. So Steam's autumn sale will take place November 22nd through 29th. Its winter sale will be uh, December 22nd through January 5th, and next year's spring sale will run from March 16th to 23rd. Mike, are you going to be picking up anything here? Uh, not there, but since we're talking about Steam, they have a special promotion on the Bioshock collection right now for the next 36 hours of recording this show. They're doing Bioshock Remastered, Bioshock 2 Remastered, Bioshock 2, Minerva's Den Remastered, Bioshock Infinite, and the Bioshock Infinite Seasonal Pass, and the Bioshock Infinite Columbia's Finest, all for $11.99 right now. It's pretty good. Wow. So, uh, if you have not, sales are legit. Yeah, yeah. If somehow you have not bought all of the Bioshock stuff uh, on the multitude of of practically giving it away sales <laughs> that have been run yeah. on them, uh, there's another opportunity for you to grab it. Eighty percent off right now. All right, number six, World of Warcraft Dragonflight, the latest expansion to the longest run to the longest. Maybe the longest. The long-running MMO will release in the Americas on November 28th at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's been confirmed officially. Uh, I don't think anybody's jumping into that here. But if you're interested, that's when it will go live. Number seven, Sony has released the first trailer for the PC version of Miles uh, Morales, the Spider-Man, sorry, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, if I could speak tonight. Uh, The port, which is being handled by Nixus, is scheduled for release in the fall autumn of 2022, although Sony has yet to provide a firm date for the release. Um, So, yeah. I'm looking forward to the game. And by the way, I'm cool with that. I like, I think I like that. Like, hey, we're going to release you know, end of 2022. Don't give me a day until you know. And then you don't have to worry yes. about this whole like, oh, we're, we're, we're pushing it back a week because you gave me a date freaking 12 <laughs> months ago. Like when you yeah. knew it wasn't completed, quit guessing and just yes. make a game. Like, it, you yeah. know, so I'm okay with this. Um, and I am looking yep. forward to it. Yeah. I agree with you. All right. Number eight, Electronic Arts and Koei Tecmo have officially unveiled Wild Hearts, which they call a, quote, new kind of hunting game featuring unique crafting mechanics, end quote. The game's debut trailer was published on September 28th, along with the first details uh, and a confirmed release date of February 17th, 2023 for PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC via Origin Steam and the Epic Game Store. Wild Hearts is set in a fantasy uh, setting of feudal Japan where players battle against giant nature-infused beasts called kimono, I think is what they called them, uh, with the help of Kar- Kar- I can't remember how they pronounced this in the trailer, Karakuri, uh, sophisticated mechanisms crafted from a lost ancient technology. Um, 
Mike or Jason, did either of you check out this trailer um, that they put out for for I, Wild Hearts? I didn't, uh, did it confirm by the chance? By chance, did it confirm that it's really going to be a uh, um, Monster Hunter type game? Oh yeah, it's definitely uh, Monster Hunter okay. for sure. Cool. Yeah, very much uh, in that vein of you've got a large monster, you've got these different weapons, you're trying to take them down in a group, get whatever resources, go back. Uh, yeah, Kyle will hate this, um, but it, it, um, if it's a less Japanese version of Monster Hunter, I might actually be uh, interested because I really liked Dauntless, which is literally Monster Hunter. It's just um, not. I can't. I just can't do the Japanese style that is Monster Hunter. I just can't do it. I've tried. I can't. Um, so if this is Monster Hunter but not Japanese, I'll be probably pretty interested. The funny thing is, is I think this is probably more Japanese. Then I'm not interested. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> go tell you now. But speaking speaking of Kyle, he did write into the show, said, "quote or, or why don't, I don't need a quote." Kyle said this. Uh, interested in y'all's thoughts on Wild Heart? Uh, the trailer they showed has me really interested. As a Monster Hunter fan, it's really catching my eye. Very unique and different enough that it may stake out its own place in the hunting genre. Okay, uh, I thought he was gonna be was, like. Get out of you know, stay in your lane. <laughs> so okay, no, okay. he he seems interested in. It. I mean, the trailer looked cool. I liked some of the weapons that they were showing. Yeah, the weapons looked interesting, and they that's where I I felt like it was unique and different from Monster Hunter. Yeah, of course, these um, monsters that you're fighting are also, you know, their art style and their visual is very different to. You know, Monster Hunter feels like sort of epic, like Pandora style, you know, avatar level sized monsters. Um, whereas this, this Wild Hearts, these monsters are much more uh, fantastical in nature um, and how they look. Um, so that's how they're separating themselves. I'm going to from, check out the trailer now. I'm curious how it looks in comparison to uh, um, Dauntless, etc. So. Yeah, I mean the art style is very different from Dauntless. Dauntless is um, more cartoony. It's almost got like, a, yeah, like the Fortnite vibe. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. That, that, um, so yeah, I I don't know, Kyle. I have to say uh, these games are probably never gonna fully get me. Although I guess maybe I should give them a try one of these days and really this see if I can get Japanese-y. into it. Uh, but yeah, I don't uh, like you said, uh, Jason. This is very Japanese looking, and and I'm not sure that going more Japanese is going to call to me in any way. <laughs> right. This game looks much better as far as like looks wise than Monster Hunter, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe it's just the video I'm looking at. It's just a pre-rendered like I don't know. It does look not good. game engine. It looks good. it looks fantastic. It's just I don't know if that's what the game looks like. Yeah. Agree, agree. I did. I did have the thought that while this does look graphically a little bit better than Monster Hunter, trailer though. Hmm. Yep. I guess we'll have to see. February seventeenth, though, not long. Uh, Just another game stacking up in February already. (laughs) I know February is. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna get gross. All right, number nine. Uh, oh, when I read this story, when I read this story, I just laughed so hard. Ubisoft's troubled Skull and Bones project has suffered a fresh setback. The long-delayed pirate game, which was previously scheduled for release this November, has been pushed back by a further four 
months. We just did a whole bit on the Ubisoft Forward, which was not even, what, three weeks ago, where Skull and Bones featured heavily in that show. And now here we are just a couple weeks later. They they had a lot of screen time, but again, they've never shown any gameplay. Any! Like, it, it was screaming to me, they don't have a game close to release. They don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and and sure enough, they don't. They will now be released on March 9th of next year for Xbox Series X, S, PS5, Amazon Luna, and PC through the Epic Game Store and the Ubisoft Store. What I thought was also funny was the initial announcement from Ubisoft was just before the Stadia announcement. Uh, so the original announcement for this pushback said that Skull and Bones was still going to be launched on Stadia. <laughs> Obviously, that is not going to be happening considering the service will be closed down by the time Skull and Bones actually releases. All right, number 10. Details uh, have been revealed for E3's revamped 2023 format, which will see separate business and consumer events split between four days in June. E3 2023, which will be the show's first in-person event in four years, will officially run from Tuesday, June 13th until Friday, June 16th, organizer Reed Pop announced this past Monday. Under the revamped format, the two days, uh, the first two days of E3 2023 will be reserved exclusively for business. The third day will welcome both business and consumer, while the final day, June 16th, will be dedicated to just consumers. Um I guess we'll wait and see again to see if this actually happens. Um, they seem to be driving towards having an E3 next year. Um, yep, but it'll that really year too, and then they canceled it before it happened. Exactly. Um, if they don't get support from the big publishers, I don't understand what kind of show they'll have. Um, but we'll wait and see. Maybe there will be an E3. Maybe there won't be. All right. Uh, game releases. Uh, Jason, as you mentioned, Grounded 1.0 came out this week on September 27th. Valkyrie Elysium also came out this week on September 29th. Uh, Next week on October 4th, you've got uh, Overwatch 2 releasing. Uh, And on October 6th, you've got the the Switch version for Nier Automata. And October 7th, the Switch version for No Man's Sky. Uh, No Man's Sky, so it was what delayed, what, uh, like four years? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time coming. See, but if you you're can, a Switch you player... Can do this. You can delay games on the console. You can do this. See, look, No Man's Sky waited like four or five years to release on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, so did, so did Nier Automata. Although Nier is a good game, uh, Switch players uh, probably been looking forward to that one for a little while. All right. Uh, game Pass, we mentioned Grounded. Um, that is also in Game Pass. You can play that through through your service there. Moon Scars also became available on September 27th. Uh, we talked about Valheim earlier in the show. If you're on PC Game Pass, that is also available uh, there. Uh, you can play Valheim through your service uh, as of September 29th, along with Let's Build a Zoo. And then finally on September 30th, you could grab uh, Paw Patrol Grand Prix. If your kids are really into Paw Patrol and they want a kart racer, uh, you could get that downloaded for them um, as you're listening to the show. All right, that's all we've got for this week. Before we head out, Jason, Mike, any final thoughts? Uh, I've got one more uh, game still coming out or to announce here. Yeah, go for it. Uh, the uh, Middle Earth Shadow Bundle, which is Shadow of War and uh, Shadow of Mordor, like all the expansions and gaming year editions, you can get for $10 on Steam. There you go. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you can go check those out. 
Again, if you don't have those, I mean, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can download, I think it's Shadow of War. I think it's free right now on Amazon Prime. You can go Yeah, but this has that. all the expansions included and passes. If you want endless gaming, there you go. <laughs> you're right. All right. Um, Jason, anything you want to say before we go? Nada. That's a first. Then, uh, oh. <laughs> hey, Just called out. Yikes. Mike is going out swinging this week. Uh, so on that note, uh, thank you everyone for listening here to the 115th episode of the TriCast Gaming Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Remember, like, subscribe, review on your podcasting app of choice. And if you have any questions for the show, uh, DM us on Twitter or Facebook, just like Kyle did, and we'll be happy to read them out on the show. And we'll be back again next week for, uh, with episode number 116. Have a great weekend. Stay safe and game hard.